people, this is Mariah Karina and Arakai Moon coming at you live and direct with a very special, very timely episode of The Planets Are My Gods. There's sort of a stereotype that astrologers are always like, shit's crazy right now. But the truth is, shit's crazy right now. And that's why we have this amazing guide that is astrology to be almost like the bones that we throw, to be the tea leaves that we look at, to be the divination oracle of what is actually happening also in material reality in the cosmos, that we can be in communion with these great forces all around us, that we can converse with them and ask them and study their relationships in order to not just be in complete paralyzed overwhelm, even though we might be that way sometimes, but that we can actually start to map out what might be influencing us at any moment and get a little bit of a deeper read on the cosmic weather that's influencing us right now. Obviously, a lot of times we use these maps of the transits to understand what's happening for ourselves in our own personal lives or what's happening for humanity in general, but we also just want to present the fact that the whole symphony of life is woven into the same tapestry as these planets. All of the plants, all of the animals, all of the elements, all of the other planets in the solar system, and the whole universe is this emergent field phenomenon that we are all co-creating together. And so it is in that spirit that we bring to you a very, I think, robust unpacking of Mars and Gemini with a little bit of a dash of the extra spice of Uranus going retrograde in Taurus. And the other thing that we have found is that if you get really specific about the transits that are happening right now, it's not just fleeting ephemeral information. It's using the empirical study of what's happening right now to help us have a greater, more long-term understanding of what is Mars, what is Gemini, what is Uranus, what is Taurus. So we're going to be diving into specifically this moment, also with an eye to how it helps us get to know these energies, planets, and archetypes better. So just to give some basic facts, Mars just entered Gemini. It's going to be in Gemini from now all the way until March 25th, 2023, y'all. And it's going to be going all the way to 25 degrees Gemini, October 30th, then going all the way backwards, retrograde, to eight degrees Gemini. January 13th, 2023, it goes forward again all the way back through Gemini and stays there until March 25th when it enters Cancer. So that's a long Mars and Gemini ceremony, y'all. For real. Especially for a personal planet to be staying in one sign for this amount of time. That's why I think that retrogrades are so fucking integral in exactly what you're speaking about is like when we are learning the planets in a very real way. I always say that I am who I am because I've spent so much time dieting the plants and the planets. And to me, the retrogrades are the dieta time. It's the time that we really, it's 
for one, they're closest to earth. So they're magnifying their energies are magnified. It's really hitting us and affecting us not only on an emotional and mental level, but also in a very physiological way. And what's so crucial about these retrogrades is, especially when they have an outer planet and an inner planet coming together, these outer planets are further away, bringing us to these large collective cycles. So it really shapes, you know, society, it shapes our culture. You know, these are the the culture makers, you know, they are the the, the outer planets to me are like the, the deities that are really bringing humanity through time through our evolution and bringing us into these major themes and cycles that, that help us evolve. And then when they affect our inner planets, you know, the, the closest ones, I feel like that's how it makes like culture meets the individual, you know? And so to me, it's like this amazing dieta to see yourself inside of the whole and to get really personal with these planets and see how it affects us. And then also see what that means for us as a species. Yes. And I love what you said. Mars is a personal planet and Gemini is in the first third of the Zodiac, which is typically what people say is like the individual development, right? Body um, or like spark of life, Aries, body, Taurus, mind. And as you say, like brain development, Gemini, and then cancer, the emotional body comes online. So it's like this personal planet doing this retrograde thing, which Carolyn Casey called a vision quest, right? On such an intimate aspect of our development. Mm. So I'd love to hear, Arkai, if you want to break it down just a little bit. One, about how you see the Mars aspect of this, and then two, how you see the Gemini aspect of this. Yeah, I think that Mars retrogrades have always been so powerful for me because I, you know, I'm my Aries sun and North node. And so it's a huge time for, for me to really, especially even the deconstruction of my gender. Um, when Mars went retrograde in Aries, um, it was a really, it was a vision quest and it's, it's still working me. And I think right now, after having the Mercury and Gemini retrograde, that was a really powerful time, I think, um, to, especially for me, understanding the, the importance of, of attunement, the importance of mirroring consciousness itself. Like Gemini really wants to be mirrored. It needs to see itself mirrored and attuned to, to understand and see itself. And actually our brain and nervous system develop as a result of that, right? The actual structures of our brain shrink and grow, um, in accordance to this mirroring and attunement process. And then it's also the contrast of opposition that also helps consciousness see itself and also helps us, you know, be able to understand who we are, you know, and it's that, that stage of development that it's like understanding language and understanding, you know, integrating the self and the other and then connecting. And that's why it rules like the neighbors and, and different languages and, you know, building the bridges of understanding and connections, networking is that Gemini. And so for Mars to be there, I think that it's really because Mars is such an intimate part of our energy body, like our instinctual body, how much energy we have, what do we have energy for? What is our, um, 
process of of self-actualization? How do we get our needs met? You know, it's our ego in this very real embodied, powerful way. And, And sometimes I think that we can slough off like these egoic parts of our chart or parts of, you know, the planets and the archetypes as something superficial, but it's actually the vehicle you know, it's a major vehicle and filter that we that we actually engage with the world and engage in this incarnation. And so for it to come into Gemini, which is bringing the instinctual body and our and our self-actualization and our ability to like strive for what we want and like really go for that evolution, for it to be in the realms of um, self or attunement and being mirrored and attuning and that that split in consciousness of how it you know how we need to be mirrored and how we also need to see ourselves in opposition and Mars brings that energy of um, of slash and burn of like cutting through the illusion you know that's why I think Mars is such a powerful part of the ego when it's you know the higher octave of Pluto you know which is the self you know the self actualization meeting the soul's evolution, you know, meeting the soul's deepest desire to incarnate and then, and then evolve and transcend and transform and alchemize. And so there's something for me anyway, it's just really exciting about this deep transformational alchemical planet coming to Gemini, where it's like really helping us understand attunement, mirroring, nervous system, brain development, connection, because Mars oftentimes really affects like our power and our energy. And to me, like I've been really studying a lot on do we choose power or do we choose connection? Mm. And to me, everything within human dynamics all breaks down to that. And so if we can really say more, you mean choose power connection? Well, I think that like, especially in, in relationships, it's like, are you going to choose to be vulnerable? Are you going to choose connection or are you going to choose power in a sense of the power in the lower octave of we're going to fight for power. We're going to maintain power. We're going to do whatever we can in order to hold that, which is, I oftentimes feel like it's choosing the ego inside of that. And I think true power, you know, in my version of, of power would, would synthesize power and connection, you know, mm-hmm. it would, we would both be coming empowered and meeting each other as equal and then finding and building that bridge of connection. Right. You know, this is something that me and you talk about all the time, which is this relationship dynamic where people have um, their way of self-armoring and of guarding their vulnerability. And what's the mind fuck, what I think is that Gemini duplicity is that when you're in your place of just being armored in your gatekeeper, um, and just sort of protecting your wounding, that can feel like a place of power because you're standing up strong and tall. You're protecting your vulnerable self. You're often leaning on what you've identified with in the past, right? It feels like a fortified fort, you know, yeah. but it's not true power. It's using the illusion of power. It's using this hard shell to make yourself feel powerful, And what it does, it is it ends up 
um, often having huge and devastating impacts on the other person. Whereas like what I hear and what you're saying and what we talk about a lot is that if you can actually let go of the armoring, go into whatever the pain body is saying, go into the vulnerable place of, you know, whether it be insecurity or wounding or whatever, and speak to it, speak from it, allow yourself to express, like the release the pus from the wound, all that kind of stuff. You often end up in a place of what I think is authentic power that actually creates connection. But because we don't, you know, have it very many mo- models or guides or ways to actually bring us through that process, it does end up becoming this choice of like, am I either going to get power in this fake posturing way that's actually blocking connection, or am I going to get connection by then like simping and um, like, uh, Leaking like my power. Of, it's a fake version of connection, right? By like right. being disempowered, by settling for less, by saying, sure, whatever you say is okay. You know, by just sort of like taking the little crumbs that we can. So it's like, we're living in this world. And I think this goes back to what we talked about, like the war on Mars, our energy bodies, our desires, our wills are so matrixed and like pushed through this very superficial understanding of what it means to be human and alive and connecting that both of the versions that we have of power and connection are like a shadow of what they can be. And yet still we're constantly choosing between the two in that Gemini way. Exactly. And I oftentimes feel like we're given this, yeah, these, these conditions that says, you know, you're going to have to lose power in order to care for, for people. And it might feel like that in the sense that you were saying, like, we, we build up this fort, like we fortify this egoic structure that is like, this is my way of navigating. This is my way of maintaining a role that I feel or society deems is powerful. Um, and then in order to actually allow that to dismantle and deconstruct the vulnerability and the realization of, of the other and the other's needs, even in just a sense of, of being with the plants and the animals and the insects. It's like, we need to be able to listen and integrate multiple experiences. And, and it could feel really powerful to be like, this is my house and I'm sorry, but you crossed the line of my four walls and like, now you deserve to die, you know? And it's like, that feels really powerful to be like that. And so it feels like there's this moment that it seems, in my opinion, it's an illusion because it seems like that is powerful. And that we need to to let it go and just like let cockroaches completely invade us, uh, you know, and and we're taking over and we're simping, if you will, to all of creation. And then we're just going to lose ourselves. And I, I think that that shows it's like a, the wounded, fragile part of Mars. It's like you wouldn't lose yourself if you're maintaining an aspect of yourself as well as being able to dance in collaboration and integrate. You know, it's that Gemini, I think, that often gets the rap of being bipolar or uh, two-faced and, and wishy-washy and these things because it's this multiple, you know, multiplicity of consciousness within itself and also 
tracking the other. And it's like, if we can integrate all these different parts of ourselves and our own experiences and our own needs and, and sometimes contrasting and polarizing needs, then we can also be able to dance within the reflection of the multiple parts of another and still maintain a sense of self, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think most of us have learned how to do that yet. And instead we live in this like matrix of relating where it's like, either I choose me or I cross my own boundaries and sacrifice myself to make you happy. And then maybe what I'm doing to make you happy doesn't even make you happy. You know, we're just involved in so many things. Right. And I think that's why this retrograde feels so special to me because I think that, you know, with the Mercury retrograde in Gemini, I was really understanding that importance of attunement and, and the trauma of the narcissistic pattern that I think is so rampant in our species and the, the pain of not being mirrored or falsely mirrored and not being attuned to, and then needing to create a sense of self in order to fulfill that other person's like image or desire of themselves within the reflection of who we are, right? Like we have to be a certain thing that, that makes that person feel safe and secure within their fortified egoic structure. And I think that Mars being this warlike ego, self-driven, self-actualization, instinctual body, like that, that feels like a warrior in, in my hopes mm. that could really bring us into healing the places where we are playing out narcissistic patterns or have been wounded and, and our development of our actual brain and nervous system has been stunted as a result of, of this pattern that I think our species has been, you know, working with for thousands of years. And of course it, we see it within our, our own species, just our own human dynamics and our own human relationships are so stunted and, the, the actual quality of connection is really, really hindered because of this. And I think that when we are able to, that's why I love astrology too, is like if we're able to see ourselves inside of the whole, if we're able to be in that magician and in that dance with the elements and with the planets, and then we also are able to then start integrating others' experiences such as the cockroaches and the insects and the plants and the animals. I feel like this is where that connection gets fed on such a profound level because narcissism is often an addiction to, it's like an addictive response to power, but in my opinion, it's seeking true connection. And it's seeking that mirroring that it might not have experienced when it was younger. But then it creates all of these structures and all of these programs to actually sabotage any form of true connection and intimacy with, with the patterns and the, and the programs that it decides to run. You know, for sure. 
That's what I see too with this Mars. This is a blessing. Like you're saying, you know, some of the shorthand is like Mars has the ability to sever and separate, whereas like Venus tends to want to unify and coagulate. But I think it's actually a blessing. (laughs) I do too. Yeah. Okay. Like you need to sever. We need to sever ourselves from a bunch of shit, right? Like Gemini um, (laughs) has that twinning thing, right? You're always trying to twin. You are like trying to connect and move all the dots and like, Ooh, I'm like this. I'm like that. Like I have Mars and Gemini and I can't even tell you how many times in my life I'm in this role of being the companion because I have all this chi, right? All this Mars energy to twin, to match, to meet. And there's something beautiful about that, but then there's this shadow aspect of it, right? And so it's like, even in the myth of Gemini, it's like these two twins meet two twins who make two twins who make two more twins. And we are like twinning, like you're saying, we're like biologically wired to mirror In order to create our own pathways and networks and maps of the world and understandings and then ability to go and connect again. And we've been mirroring some toxic, fucked up society. Like we need this Mars thing right now to sever, to disconnect our energy body from all that we have been just like born into, weaving into to like, I love what you're saying. Like number one, I think find ourselves, right. Sever from this narcissistic humanity to like find ourselves to reconnect with our own energy body. How does our own energy body Mars rewire our mirror neurons? If we're actually connected, how does our own energy Mars choose to connect? How does it choose to engage with information? Right. Right. And that's what I think it's like maybe even severing from those Gemini things. Cause that twinning is like, yeah, let me talk to my neighbors, to my siblings. Let me read a bunch of magazines. Let me do all right. this, you know, activity with everyone who's around me. And Mars is like, no, let me disconnect from this right. and get in touch hold with the boundary, <laughs> yeah, hold some boundaries, make some conscious mm-hmm. choices, see what's happening. Right. But also I think be able to be a little bit trickster with it, which to me is one of the great medicines of the Gemini. Like, obviously this whole shit we have is not working. We're so enmeshed into it. If we separate from it, if we're not just like in the illusion, if we're not just living out the social scripts or like believing that these stories about what a life should look like, or, you know, what the United States means or you know, just living in our like human dramas all the time. Then with that little bit of separation, we get to play. Like one of my favorite Geminis is Russell Brand. And I just feel like he is masterful at being able to be like, he's a Gemini moon. Yeah, totally. He is. And he just like embodies that archetype to me. So I think so too. Where it's like, he's like, let's play with this, right? Let's yeah, play let's play with all of these pieces. And then I'm going to like trick you out of it because like you find the places where it's stagnant and stuck and, and inside the, illusions. And the play rewires our brain. Right. Mm, say more about that. That it opens up new possibilities that we didn't right. were there. Because I think some of that thing between power and connection and some of what we can fall into with Mars is like you said, that war, which Mm -hmm. I think we're like here, like I'm going to serve you. And then we're like, I've served you too much. And then we're like, I need to do my thing. Fuck everyone. And then we're like, I said, fuck everyone, but I 
also want to connect. And then we're like, let me serve you again. You know, this is maybe this just my, I know my Aries Libra nodal axis talking, but yeah. I see this pendulum swing in myself all the time. And for me, that Gemini is that third thing. It's that trickster where it's not like everything has to be this polarized war. It's like something that stands a little back with a little wry smile and says, um, come on people, (laughs) like like if we throw a little bit of this and we throw a little bit of that, then we can be playing a completely different game than just this pendulum swinging back and forth. Right. Do you know something is, is, this might be a little bit backtracking, but when you were saying like the, the, the twins meet the other twins and then they, you know, like the consciousness is like birthing and multiplying. It made me think of the Adam and Eve. So the Adam is often referred to as the Aries part. Love when you, I love when you bring it back to Christian mythology. Just got to bring it back, baby. Just bring it back, baby. Bring it back. I, yeah, and I'm going to add a little bit something new to it, too, which I've been thinking about. And um, so Adam is Aries, and Taurus is Eve, and they made a baby. And it was Cain and Abel, and mm. which is the twins, right? So that's the Gemini aspect. And then that was also the shamed part. Um, the punished, you know, one of the the twins was punished and like they, it warred against this other twin. Uh, Right. mm -hmm. And so I guess what I wanted to bring up about that, that I thought is so interesting because I'm still just like maybe, maybe forever, just still on this narcissistic um, kick (laughs) is that we were um, saying something about the, like the, the mirroring is so important, but we even had our God, like mm. the God of the Old Testament, the God of many different religions even, is often depicted as a reflection of us or we are a reflection of God, right? And so we have this, this mirroring that is even like implemented in us with our relationship to the divine. And yet we also have this opposition and shame and like, pleasure, pain, sort of conflict that is also happening. And so I think that that's really an interesting part of humanity, of desiring to connect and seeing that we're mirroring the God. And that's been like programmed inside of us that we are the spitting image of God, but yet we are also having a sinful nature and and there's all these ways in which there's something innately wrong with us. And, and if we act that out, then we're like othering ourselves from that perfect image of God. And so I guess in, in my experience of Christianity and just what I'm thinking about the potency of mirroring and, and the way that it affects our nervous system and our brain development and everything is that if we feel like we have to other certain parts of ourselves, compartmentalize certain parts of ourselves, because we're only meant to mirror this perfect image of God, which we are made in the image of. So it's like we're being attuned to or mirrored in a certain way by this divine being, but yet only certain parts of us, which to me seem very narcissistic. Right. Yeah. Like I love this part of you. I love you yeah. like this. That part of you is bad and wrong. And then you need to like make up for how shameful you really are by pleasing me and doing what I tell you to be true. And you can't trust your own instincts and intuition, Mars, because they are exactly. wrong. sinful. You got to pick up your cross and carry it. 
and follow after me and only serve this part. And I'm going to compartmentalize and marginalize all these other parts of you, which the reason I bring it up in context of Gemini, not only in the mirroring part, but the wound of Gemini is often not being able to connect, not being able to integrate. And that's when the perception and the mind um, can be fractured you know, and lose itself. And that's when, you know, a lot of the the negative or even like disease inside of like medical astrology would um, have like mental disorders, mm-hmm. you know, and so many of the um, mental disorders or person- personality disorders, oftentimes at the core of them have a very complex relationship with how they integrate. Mm-hmm. Their, themselves inside of their experience with the world and the other mm-hmm. and that creates tremendous um, like a tremendous wound around connection right you know yeah and for me so much of the wound of Gemini is also um the ability to connect to reality. Like we're linguistic creatures. Language is what paints the landscape of reality. It's like that um, uh, Borges, this Argentinian writer wrote this short story where it's like there were these cartographers who created a map and they created a map so big that it covered the entire world. And so people were no longer interacting with the world itself. They were interacting with this map. And for me, that's what's been woven by humanity in Gemini is that we learn these stories that help us interpret the world. We learn these words that come between us and a tree, right? You're like, oh, this is a Douglas fir. And the moment you say it's a Douglas fir, there's some part of your direct experience of that tree that is severed and lost because you're interacting through this mental abstraction of language and how that has is connected to all those other language maps that you have and that the language map itself becomes reality instead of the direct reality. And Mm so for me, there's this opportunity now when like so much of the stories that we have for what society, humanity, what's happening on planet earth with, you know, culture and the economy and all that stuff are so threadbare right? Like it's starting to look like you can see the glue and the popsicle sticks that are holding everything together. And there is that time where if we enter into our Mars, if we enter into our own direct experience of things, if we enter into our own sort of like actual energy body, which is so much at the root of being alive and interact with others in like the actual empirical materiality and interaction that's available to us, then we can create these different stories, these different maps of what's happening. And like what you're saying, it doesn't have to be like this whole thing that we've been born into. You know, I wasn't raised Christian, but that Christian mythos has framed the dominant culture, the dominant story of what we're existing inside of. And yeah, that has part of what has imprinted the narcissistic patterns of relating that we are now all living out. Hey, you all. This is editing Mariah coming to you. 
to let you know that right around this time, when me and Arakai were recording, we decided to take a break. And when we came back in true Mars retrograde in Gemini fashion, I forgot to press record, which means that the whole second half of this podcast is an offering to the ethers, to the spirit themselves, and that we are going to come back and record a part two next week. We got into some super rad stuff about the mental fracturing that can happen in the wound of Gemini due to language, about how Mars in retrograde might be part of the key or the answer to that. We had a really wacky, wild ride looking at Christian mythology about Adam being Mars... Eve being Venus, Taurus, and then the twins being Cain and Abel. And we also had what I think is my personal favorite, a discussion about why and how Aries and Aquarius are the two most rebellious energies in the Zodiac. So I super encourage you uh, to come on back. I just have to assume maybe it didn't get on tape this time because it's still percolating in the ether and even more awesome information is going to come through next time. So I'll be there. Ari Kyle will be there. And I hope you're there too. See you.